Well, the big day is finally here, November 3rd. If you're on the East Coast of the United States, you'll probably be grabbing your coffee in a few hours and heading to the polls. Now, we're going to take a look at what's going on. Uh, Last-minute preparations, Donald J. Trump, the incumbent, and the Democratic challenger. Joe Biden. We're going to look at some key battleground states to see what's going on. Is there any movement going on there? Uh, we're also going to take a look at optics again, a last-minute optics check on the Biden campaign and the Trump campaign. And also, we're going to look at what the bet makers are doing right now. What do, what do the odds look like? Is it tightening up for Trump? Uh, is Biden healthy uh, in the bet market still as a heavy favorite? We'll take a look at some of these things uh, in this episode of Election Edge. But firstly, let's take a look at some possibly some good news in terms of voter turnout. This is always good news. Good weather uh, projected for most of the country, dry weather for Election Day. The Washington Post here thinks that's going to boost the Biden campaign. Let's take a look at what they're saying, though. Unusually heavy rainfall usually dampens the turnout among less reliable voters, according to a 2007 study. These voters tend to favor the Democratic candidate, and particularly when a Republican is in power. So that's what they're saying there. Now, the, the key word there is among less reliable voters. And as we've been telling you and showing in past episodes, the, the Trump base looks incredibly motivated. So in terms of voter reliability, uh, it's possible that the Democrats could have the less reliable voter with the split in the Democratic Party and so forth. A lot of things that we're talking about in a previous episode. So it remains to be seen whether the Washington Post will be proved correct uh, in their analysis here. So we shall see very soon. So let's take another look at some key battleground states. Uh, is there any movement going on in some of these absolutely pivotal swing states? Now, here's an article from the New York Times, last minute projection here. Election at hand, Biden leads Trump in four key states, says polls. Well, let's take a look at some of those polls right now. And this is, a, this is seen as a reliable New York Times-Siena College poll. Let's take a closer look at that, though. Which states are they talking about here? Well, there's the 2016 results right there in the left-hand column. Uh, in the right-hand column, you can see the Biden projected victory margin there, plus six in Arizona, plus three uh, in Florida and Pennsylvania, plus six in Wisconsin, plus 11, according to the New York Times Siena College poll. Now, this is very different than the numbers that we're looking at uh, in terms of independent polling. In fact, it's quite different. The numbers we're looking at look very similar to the left-hand column, which is the 2016 result. So uh, it remains to be seen how dependable, how reliable uh, the New York Times and Siena College are here. We talked about the, re the unreliability of mainstream polling, national opinion polls, uh, with our guest Robert Barnes in the previous episode. And uh, here, again, the mainstream media are really going for these sort of stalwart uh, establishment pollsters here. And this isn't exactly what the, the, the odds market looks like. In fact, it looks very different. Let's take a look at this. This is the Des Moines Register. This is an absolutely pivotal newspaper here in terms of bellwether trends in the United States elections. This is what they're saying. This can't be good news for the Biden campaign. Iowa poll, Donald Trump takes over lead in Iowa as Joe Biden fades. This really, really made the headlines. Now, this is a, a major thing because, you know, a lot of people say as Iowa goes, the nation goes. Uh, you know, it's a very diverse, uh, fairly well 
represented state in terms of politics on both sides. And here we see uh, it's swinging towards Donald Trump. Now, this is in the last minute. Now, we, we called this uh, last week. Uh, we said that Iowa looked like it was breaking red in terms of the U.S. Senate race there. Senate candidate Ernst, she is also breaking as well. She looks like she's in the ascendancy. So this, uh, in general, this isn't very good news for the Biden campaign. It's not getting a lot of mainstream traction in terms of, you know, headlines. Obviously, CNN's not running with this uh, as their lead story. Uh, but this is very indicative of the way that the trends are moving, very much like what we've been saying uh, over the past few episodes uh, of Election Edge. So, so here's, the, here's the other trend that we mentioned before uh, that is very real, and it's manifesting itself. Shy Trumpers, hashtag shy Trumpers. Here's the People's Pundit, and what's he saying? Uh, another tidbit from Wisconsin. Overall, 68.9% of voters believe there is a significant number of shy voters who do not want to share that they're voting for Donald Trump. And that's the second highest state yet in that department, specifically suburban voters, 72.7% most likely. And this isn't just confined to Wisconsin. Here's another battleground state pointed out by the People's Pundit. Remember, Michigan posted the highest percentage of voters, 376 who say they are uncomfortable being truthful to pollsters. Suburban voters, 20%, were much more likely than rural and urban voters, 14.2% each, to say they are very uncomfortable. So that really feeds into the trend that we were talking about, the, the shy Trumper trend, where they don't want to disclose that they're voting for Trump, uh, really governed by social desirability pressure, uh, and that's going to throw off mainstream polls. So again, this is another thing, an important X factor, important bit of dark matter uh, that's going to really bode well for the GOP in terms of uh, last-minute analysis of where we think uh, the states are, are moving on some of these key swing states here. And let's take a look at this. This is the odds checker. This is what they're saying in terms of the betting markets. 2020 U.S. presidential election odds, 66% of wagers this weekend on Trump beating Biden. Uh, so, you know, a huge amount of money on the betting markets is all going to Trump. Now, that could be because, well, they were giving decent odds uh, on Trump as well, but really what it signifies is a lot of people are realizing uh, after looking at the numbers and as these polls like Iowa are coming through, this is a signal uh, to the markets uh, that definitely Trump is on the move. Uh, maybe he was on the move before, but now it's becoming more manifest, more visible. So you can see the betting market is moving in that direction. That's always a really good indicator of where the real information is uh, and w where the real money's going. It's usually following the right information. So that's another thing that we're looking at. Let's take a look closer look, though, at uh, Odds Checker and some of these swing states. Uh, and these are states that are now approaching even money. In other words, uh, the odds have tightened so much in some of these states that uh, they're really giving nothing, really, uh, in terms of the, the bookies market here. One of them is Arizona. Uh, the other is Georgia, uh, North Carolina. Florida is really tightening up. And amazing, Pennsylvania as well is tightening up very, very close now. So these are some of these states had very big margins for Biden uh, not so long ago. And now they've completely tightened up for Donald Trump. So uh, again, the, the, the market's there. Where's the money moving? Uh, where are the odds tightening towards? And it looks like it's moving in the direction of Trump. Again, more momentum going into Election Day. 
So we talked a lot earlier about this issue of post-election chaos. This is something that we have to prepare for. This is definitely something that's being signaled uh, by mainstream media. We talked about it with our previous guests as well. This is very real. And what it is, it's about constructing a narrative that somehow, in the event that Donald Trump wins, uh, that the election was stolen from Joe Biden. Hence, the, the massive poll projections giving him these giant leads uh, for the last couple of months. That does plant the idea in the general public's head, especially Democratic voters, that he was the presumptive winner and that uh, there's no way that uh, Donald Trump could have pulled off an upset with that massive poll leads and uh, projections that were going in Biden's favor. Now, even though the exact same thing happened in 2016, they did the same thing. They overestimated Hillary Clinton's lead. Uh, and then at the end, uh, when Trump won, uh, the shock and the horror, of how could this have possibly happened? Uh, the election was stolen from the Democrats. And in, in the case of 2016, the Russians stole it from the Democrats. So that was how the narrative was constructed. Now, let's take a look at this. This is Wolf Blitzer uh, from CNN. And look at what he's saying. This is interesting. He's saying, I never thought I would see so many buildings here in the nation's capital boarded up on the eve of a presidential election in anticipation of possible unrest. And it's not just in DC, it's happening in New York, it's happening in Los Angeles and elsewhere around the country. So sad, says Wolf Blitzer. And what's incredible about this comment is that uh, CNN is the network that has been fanning the flames of rioting uh, for you know pretty much every major event uh, back in 2016 after the election. They were also on board with, with the rioting mobs. And again, post-George Floyd, CNN was and made that uh, a major issue, and they're running it 24-7, seeming to take the side of the protesters. So here we have Wolf Blitzer now saying, oh, this is terrible. Let's take a look at this footage. So this, these are buildings in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. Have a look there. They're all being boarded up. And what's incredible about this is that Wolf Blitzer, he's being a little bit disingenuous here. Uh, what he's not telling you is the reason they're being boarded up isn't because of uh, uh, people protesting right-wing militias or anything like this protesting. They're literally boarding up in Democrat-run cities, Democrat-majority cities. They're boarding it up in anticipation of left-wing mobs, uh, basically rioting and looting and all the things that we've seen early in the year. So he, he, as, a, as a seasoned propagandist, Wolf Blitzer has uh, conveniently omitted uh, why they're being boarded up and who they're expecting to be out uh, rioting in an attempt to blame everything on Trump. So they're really, again, putting a lot of uh, e energy and effort into setting up this post-election narrative of post-election chaos. And here's the main talking point. Take a look at this. The main talking point really is about voter suppression. Here's Bloomberg. Bloomberg is running a full court press in the last couple of days. Here's the headline, what are the odds of a disputed election? Pretty high. So they're already setting the public up to expect, as Mark Zuckerberg and others have as well, to expect that there's not gonna be a result called on the night. In other words, uh, we won't be able to count all the late votes because of COVID. And we detailed this in previous episodes. So they're really going, you can see the mainstream media are completely going for it. So they're constructing the narrative right now to prime the public uh, to accept the, that this is somehow uh, you know, something that could be blamed on Trump 
uh, or you know, that could point the finger at the GOP. Again, the election stolen from Biden. So the whole media seems to be geared uh, in this direction. Here's what they're saying here. Based on 100,000 simulations of every presidential election from 1988 to 2016, the, the chances that the outcome turns on fewer than 10,000 votes in a single state is 4% under the electoral college system, but only 0.1% under a popular vote. So it's obvious the narrative that's being set up here, very similarly to post-2016, and the narrative is that the electoral college is uh, somehow not fit for purpose, it's, it's more risky, uh, and there's more of a chance, as you can see here, of a contested election by the, uh, using the electoral college system. This is America's you know, constitutional, traditional system uh, that's nationwide for national elections. And so Bloomberg is just trying to dismantle it here. So the, the activists will be attacking the electoral college. They'll also be attacking, as they did in 2016, intimidating individual electors who are meant to go and cast their vote on the honor system uh, in winner-take-all states. So that's all going to come under scrutiny, and there's going to be protests, probably expect uh, major street protests, basically to abolish the electoral college. Uh, should Donald Trump win by a similar margin that he did uh, with Hillary Clinton in 2016. So this is something that you should expect. Uh, we certainly see the signs already, the, the signals are being planted already in the media. So it's pretty obvious that this is all part of a coordinated campaign uh, that we discussed and detailed earlier. And also uh, in our coverage uh, at 21st Century Wire, we also talked about this on the UK column news as well. So it's not something that should be a surprise to our viewers but the media is really priming the public for this. So that's something uh, to look out for. Now here's Joe Biden. And again, the Democratic talking point here, it's voter suppression. That is the main talking point. And so here's Joe Biden stumping at the last minute here, uh, giving a speech to a uh, giant lot of uh, cars, actually. These aren't crowds of people, but this is a, another one of his car rallies because uh, it's too risky, apparently, to have... Uh, people come uh, to the rally. So again, strangely, it's all about the car. So listen to Joe Biden here, really uh, injecting that talking point of voter suppression. So we have to vote like we never did before. Every day, every day is a new reminder of how high the stakes are, of how far the other side will go to try to suppress the turnout, especially here in Philadelphia. So every single vote matters. The power the power to change this country is literally in your hands. I don't care how hard Donald Trump tries, there is nothing, nothing he's going to do to stop this nation from voting, no matter what he tries. Now, besides the optics at the Biden events and the Biden rallies, uh, there's other people who are holding rallies and campaigning for Joe Biden. One of them is former U.S. President Barack Obama. And much has been made about the fact that Obama is out on the campaign trail stumping for Biden. And one would expect to have massive rallies and, you know, football stadiums full because Barack Obama was a very popular president during his two-term uh, tenure uh, in the White House. Now, look closely at what we're going to show you here. We're going to show you a couple of uh, Obama car rallies. So it's the most bizarre thing. We're calling these Obama car rallies. And there's not really a lot of people there, but what there are is you look at this aerial shot here. You can see that there's a lot of cars parked in a parking lot, and there's kind of a stage 
uh, that's positioned uh, sort of away from them. So there's not actual people out there cheering. So take a look at this event. I believe this was in, uh, in outside of Philadelphia here. And look closely at it. It looks very much like the Biden, the kind of fake Biden rally that we showed you uh, in the last episode. And there's just not a lot going on here as people kind of jumping out of their cars. And uh, this particular uh, rally here, this is another one. And listen closely. Uh, whenever he says something that normally you'd get a cheer from the crowds, instead no one's cheering, but they're honking their horns it is the most bizarre thing. Listen to this. Now Donald Trump likes to claim he built this economy. Some people actually give him credit for it. Listen, America created 1.5 million more jobs in the last year of the Obama-Biden administration than in the first three years of the Trump-Pence administration. So, so, unemployment was steadily going down during the Obama-Biden presidency. And then he gets elected and it keeps on going down and suddenly he says, look what I did. Their first three years fell short of our last three. And that was before he could blame the pandemic. So I don't, I don't quite know what to make of this. Um, it, it's definitely not campaigning as usual. And, you know, I would be worrying uh, if I was, you know, the, the Democrat support base would be worrying that, you know, this really doesn't pass for a presidential campaign. Not only do you not have the Democratic nominee out campaigning, you've got his surrogates out campaigning more uh, vigorously, not wearing masks, more open to the public is the most strange thing. It seems like the, the Democrats have the, the entire campaign upside down uh, in terms of optics and public relations. So... Uh, you know, is this going to translate into votes on November 3rd, this, this type of configuration of the, of the, that they're trying to the campaign? I mean, that's the question. A lot of people remarked that Hillary Clinton ran the worst ca presidential campaign in living memory in 2016, and that's why she lost uh, to Donald Trump. Now, you have to ask yourself, is Joe Biden running a better or a worse campaign than Hillary Clinton ran? In 2016, a lot of people would say, looking at this and what we saw earlier with the masks and everything, that uh, and the fact that Biden's just not available to the public or hardly available to the press, uh, it's it, he might be running a worse campaign than Hillary Clinton. So, if that's the case, uh, can he uh, improve on Hillary Clinton's result in 2016? And so, it seems like the the, the main Democratic thrust in their whole campaign is, you know, get rid of Trump. And so the question is, is that going to be enough? This will be a real reckoning for uh, presidential and for U.S. politics in general to see what the result's going to be at the end of this, that if you ran a completely negative campaign uh, that's based on your hate of the uh, opposing candidate, as opposed to running a positive campaign based on your policies and the things that you want to do for the country, which one of those two things is going to prevail on Election Day? That's the big question. So let's make some last-minute preparations to our electoral map here. And a few days ago, we showed you a slightly different scenario. One change, uh, the state of Wisconsin, a very important swing state. That was decided by uh, really a nose hair in 2016. Now, that looks like we, we didn't see a clear uh, path for the Republicans. It's, still, it's possible Biden, the Democrats, could edge out Trump uh, in, in Wisconsin. It wasn't, just, wasn't clear enough. It's a dead heat but we just might give the edge uh, to the Democrats here. So that 
changes our calculus slightly in terms of our electoral projections. Let's take a look at how it looks now. And uh, this is what we're looking at in terms of our electoral vote scenario. Trump and Biden. Trump with 315 and Joe Biden at 223. So that's how it looks right now this morning. So uh, we'll see if this is indeed how it's going to play out. Uh, certainly if it does, that's very similar, almost identical uh, to the margin, the electoral college landslide that Donald Trump enjoyed uh, over Hillary Clinton in 2016. So it'll be very interesting if it, it does actually play out like this. We'll see. We'll see if our uh, calculus, our data, our projections is correct. Um, well, we might see later tonight. We might see at midnight uh, West Coast time or sometime after that or, or in the early hours of the morning. Or we might have to wait for weeks and months if this gets dragged out uh, in the court. We shall see. It's really up to uh, the Supreme Court. It's up to the various state courts uh, how this is going to play out. So we'll be here to give you hopefully some post-election coverage uh, as well in the coming days. Uh, so that'll be interesting. In the meantime, uh, you want to go to our live blog at 21stCenturyWire.com. Check out the Election Edge. There I'll be posting Basil Valentine as well as active there at the live blog as well as a number of other contributors uh, at 21stCenturyWire.com. So that's it. This is where we're at. It's amazing. Uh, we've made it this far. Uh, no doubt this is going to go down in history as the most uh, unique uh, the most controversial, for sure, uh, and the most surprising, perhaps, uh, electoral contest in, in modern history, in the U.S. history. So much rides on this election, and few people uh, will contest that. It is just an incredible contest. It's really come down to this. So we'll see what happens. So if you're out there, you're getting ready to go out and vote, uh, I hope you enjoy the experience, and uh, we'll hopefully check back in with you a bit later for some post-election analysis in the coming days. So take care.